This is episode 46. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. On this episode of the All Hazards Podcast, we head to San Luis Obispo, California for world-class hazardous materials training. The California Specialized Training Institute, or CSTI, is home to the scene of a disaster, a big one. Train derailments, overturned tankers, buildings that have broken pipes, leaking acid, and a lot more. First responders looking to get certified as hazmat technicians and specialists will usually go to one of three of CSTI's facilities for a mix of classroom and hands-on training. Recently, I joined a group of 21 firefighters and their instructors on what they call Super Thursday, that is, final exam day, to demonstrate what they learned. While there, I talked with instructor Jim Tate and CSTI Superintendent Alex Cabasa. They both talked about the Cal OES CSTI program, what students get out of it, its importance and value, and a whole lot more. But the first question we had for Alex is, why does Cal OES provide this training in the first place? Cal OES provides it because one, we have a state-of-the-art training facility for one. There are some training facilities throughout the state, not as uh, robust as this. Uh, Cal OES uh, dedicates a lot of funds to keep this, this training site current with props, equipment, and we provide all the equipment to the responders. They don't have to bring any of their gear. It gives them a contained place to, to train. We can house them here, we can feed them here. They get all the training that they need, uh, so it's very unique. Uh, again, it's a, it's a an, it's an isolated footprint, so there's a lot of new techniques that come into play. So it gives them an opportunity to just come out and train. There's no distractions from their departments. So when they're here for the 40 hours, whatever how many hours they have to be here, they're here to to, to basically just just learn basically. Fire departments and law enforcement are distinctly different types of first responders. So. How is it that hazmat specialists are similar to SWAT teams? And how do they improve community safety? As far as the community safety throughout the state, yeah, these are specialized groups. Um, there aren't a whole lot of teams throughout the state, and so that's why they, they get the specialized training. Again, there are a response capability that the fire department has, and some uh, state agencies have this capability also, but primarily you're gonna see them coming from the fire department. And uh, again, they're specialized. It's they're they're coming in to do something special, pretty much like a bomb squad that comes in. They're very specialized. A SWAT team. These guys are equivalent to you call you may say they're the fire department SWAT team. They're coming in. They can get across the line, and they can pretty much you know attack whatever's in place that that's uh, that's chemical re related basically. I'm Jim Tate. I'm emergency management coordinator instructor too at uh, CSTI. Jim Tate is a hazmat guru. He's one of several instructors who teach and guide students on their six-week course. They initially train to become hazmat technicians, then go on to train for specialist certification. Before we go too far into our conversation with him, let's ask the basic question, very basic. What is hazmat? Well, um, you could go anywhere from, it starts with fuel, your basic fuels, right? Uh, ammonias. Ammonias um, are used everywhere nowadays. You have 
you have many wineries. We have wineries all over the state of California. Uh, chlorine is another big one. Um, you have your um, solvents, your different solvents that are used in industries. Semiconductor business, they use a lot of different chemicals in their in their processes, so etch, etch wafers and whatnot. So there's, there's a lot out there. There's a lot of different chemicals out there that the folks that come through here, hopefully we train them so when they go out there and get into it, they don't get themselves hurt. How could someone get hurt on a hazmat scene? One thing, not knowing how to get the base, how to get the background on the chemical, what they're dealing with, what resources they need, and what PPE they need, what protective, personal protective equipment they need to wear when they work with the chemical. Um, a lot of people that do get hurt in the industry have not had the proper training to work with those. And you know, in the state of California, ha uh, communication, hazard communication is a big one. Uh, right to know, employee has the right to know what they're working with. We, on the other hand, we're training responders that walk into a situation that they might not be familiar with. It might be a complete, the facility might be unknown to them. So we have to rely on the reporting party who called us out there to take care of it. Well, if they don't have the proper business plans and those type of things on site, they have to rely on their experience and their training to get them through the incident. So one, they take care of the people that might be hurt or the victims that are down and themselves get in and get out. Nobody, nobody needs to get hurt if it's done properly. What about fumes and vapors? How dangerous can they really be? Oh, very explosive. I mean, simple thing. Just I'll just go with the simplest. Somebody lighting a propane barbecue. Uh, they turn on the propane. They turn on the burner. They push the button. It doesn't ignite. They push the button. It doesn't ignite. Oh wait! I'll just get a. I'll get a match and I'll start it. Well, they've got a, a bunch of fumes now sitting inside that that grill. They lift the lid up. They strike that. Poof, off it goes. Same thing with gasoline. You don't necessarily have to. Uh, walk into the, the fumes, the fumes will find a source of ignition. It'll get there, it'll, it'll happen. Okay, so what's the specific purpose of this training facility and what will students learn, besides a lot of jargon and acronyms? Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday of F week, they're in, in given what we call HASCAT training, kit training. What that is is chemical identification training, how to identify an unknown chemical. So we work with them in that mode. Then on Wednesday in F week, we do rail car safety training with them and how to work on the rail cars, how to put on the kits and those type of things. Then we go back Thursday, we're back into the HASCATing and then Friday, they do stinger operations on how to unload fuel from like a 306, 307 that's on its side. And we also do monitoring, how to use the CIG, CGIs, PIDs, and the radi radiological equipment. So that's a good background for them. But they got a lot of that as they came through technician as well, okay? Now when they get into G week, uh, and now, they, now this is where they actually put everything they've learned it's in that bucket, they dump it out and they put it on and say, okay, here we go. Okay, and we give them the scenarios which they're gonna get in today and they're gonna have to be scenarios that's gonna, it's going to make them think at every level that they've learned for them to get through it. And that's what they get out of it. So when they walk, when they leave here, and again, with, with my staff that I have, they all have, a, there's a vast experience, a lot of years of, of experience. Um, we've all worked in hazmat, we've all responded to hazmat incidents. Um, we share that with these, so these folks when they go out, and when you come out as a specialist and you get on scene with a team and you tell them, hey, I'm a hazmat specialist, okay, if there's no other ones around, they're looking at you now to tell them, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to mitigate this? And that's what they're gonna get here today. When response time is so important, why is it so important to respond and mitigate slowly and methodically? It's real important because there is standards out there uh, that, and I'm gonna throw Title Eight your general safety orders in the state of California. Kalosha. There are certain things in, in responding and certain guides and rules that they have to follow. So they have to be taught that and they're taught that here, how to do that safely. And if they don't really remember it, they're taught how to look it up and find it. 
Um, there is guides, the ERG, your emergency response guides, that give them the information they need. And if they if they don't know what the chemical is, there's in that guide there's also a part of it, guide 111 that tells them how to deal with something unknown, how to respond to that. Public at large is is, is involved in this because we're, we're there, we got to save them. We have to protect the public. Okay, we also have to protect the private industry. And what I said earlier about your hazardous communication plans, your business plans, and those type of things. In the, in the, in the private sector, that in the business or whatnot, those things need to be up to date because they only help us fire folks, us hazmat responders, because we get there, you hand us that information, hey, we know which way to go at that point in time. There's no guessing. When we get involved with the, pri the public sector, that's a different story. You know, we get called to a, a home, if you get called to a home unknown or that type of thing, they don't have, they just found it. They don't know what it is. So we just have to take certain steps to make sure we get through it safely. Well, for someone like me, it was a playground out there. It was more like a jungle gym for big kids. So what about the layout of this training facility? A wreck. It's just a big wreck, okay? You've got rail cars upside down behind me. You've got uh, 306 on its side. Um, nothing here is in perfect condition, okay? It's all set up to fail. And it's set up for them to mitigate it and fix it, okay? Um, if they can't fix it, they'll put the C kit on like on the rail car. They'll put the C kit on there and they'll stop a leak so the car, that chlorine car can be moved away from that school. It can be moved down the tracks, whatever it takes to get it out of there for the public safety, okay? Same thing with the Midland. We have the Midland trailer, Midland, Midland Dome training over here for like the LPG, your chlorine that we train them on. Because the Midland's a new one, that's a new thing. So they need to know that because there's a lot of rail cars with the new Midland domes, the new, new generation rail tank cars, they have the Midland uh, equipment on them, so they need to know how to fix that and how to work with it. Why spend the time for hands-on training in the first place? Oh, well, that's the, and it's, it's, that's the key. You, you don't, okay, the C-Kit, C-Kit fits your rail car dome, okay, your standard rail car dome. That's one box. And let's go back to the Midland now. Now they're going to respond to a Midland, a Midland dome. They got three boxes they got to deal with one now. You just don't run down with one box and grab the tools out and you go. You got to run down the range with three boxes. And that's almost impossible to do because by the time you get from where your staging area is to the rail car, you're out of air. Okay, so we teach them how to go down, like Midland says, you go down range with gaskets. What gasket fits on that over that valve, that's the can you bring down, you bring the bridge, and so on and so forth. But you don't get that in the classroom. Like I said, it's a playground out there. So how unique is this CSTI facility? Well, I'll tell you. Again, it's a wreck. Uh, there's other training facilities out there. Our partner, some of our partner sites that are very well done. They have a lot of good equipment. Um, uh, but a lot of them don't have as many rail cars, as many messed up things as we do, if you will. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a real unique site. It really is. It's been around a long time. And, and since we've updated it, um, it's, it's, been even, it's even better, even better. And plus, one thing about the site that a lot of them don't have is with the rail car and our pipe tree room, it's all water reclamation. We're not wasting water, because we run water for a lot hours, okay? So instead of it running out in the creek, we recycle the water and reuse it. We also asked Jim about the value of this type of training. The, the, the value for a trained hazmat professional out there, a specialist, a technician, even your froze and your fraws that are trained to those levels, they're valuable because a lot of people don't know what's, Hazmat is not if it's going to happen, it's a matter of when it's going to happen. And the people that are trained at these levels, 
can really, it's, it's a value to the, your agencies, your fire departments. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just, well, even in your, in your private, your, your, um, if you want to say, your, like up in the Bay Area, in your uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley and, and the software and all that, hazmat people on board means a lot to them because of all the chemicals and things that they use. It's for their own safety and for the, and for the people around them. Plus we have, uh, we have uh, a lot of the Cal OS engines that are going out and we're training, they have folks that they're sending us to get them, the different agencies that are getting those, that equipment to get them trained to a level where they need to be to be able to run them. You know, for Cal OES um, and CSTI, I think our training center, and I'm, I'm the one of the ones that, in fact, I am the one that goes out and certifies the training sites, the newer ones that want, that want to come aboard, that want to teach as technicians and specialists, the ones that are already teaching technicians and specialists. Um, we have a lot of people out there that support us. We support them. It's a good thing. And having a site like this to be able to to bring people to, to train them is great. I mean, you have you have Del Val, you got uh, Santa Fe Springs, uh, you've got um, Roseville. I mean, there's, um, God, it goes on Pleasanton. I mean, um, Livermore. You got them all over. Okay, and these areas are are dedicated for training our people. And whether it be, it doesn't have to be fire. We have people. We have law enforcement going through here. We have environmental going through here. Um, it's just it's just a large thing that we all. It's just all in one encompassing in one, and it all tries to get the same goal. In fact, we had um, back in June of last year, we had uh, some, and I'll, I'll say this, some of California's finest, the CHP was here, and we did a specialist class for them, an F&G week, especially for them, because uh, they wanted to get their field officers trained from technicians and specialists. Great bunch of people to work with. We had a blast, but to be able to bring them to our facility and get, that, get it to that point, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Finally, we asked Alex why a facility like this is critical to communities around the Golden State. So it's, it's important because uh, this is very specialized. They're you know, hazmat technicians that are going through training so they can actually respond to a chemical spill, uh, train derailment with different types of chemicals on it, and traditional fire agencies would not have the capability to jump into these suits and get into the, you know, get into the fight basically to, to, to work through the issue that's at hand. So these guys spend roughly, it's a, it's a six week program and it, it gives them the skill sets to basically work out of these suits in extended periods of time, uh, which is very physical and demanding. Uh, but if you see these guys in your, in your neighborhood, that means there's very something significant going on and you wanna give them the space to work around and let them do their jobs because basically they're gonna be the guys that are gonna save the day. Hey, if you'd like to see the action at CSTI, we'll have our video story posted on our Cal OES News site, that's oesnews.com, Thursday night, June 7th. So be sure to check that out. It's pretty cool. Head over there as well for links and photos and video of this very impressive facility and the dedicated instructors who impart their knowledge and expertise on Newbie Has Matters. And congrats to all of the 21 students who made it through training. And thank you for letting us follow you through the day on their Super Thursday exam day. And thanks to you for listening. For everyone here at Cal OES, I'm Sean Boyd. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.